Youth Ministry United is sponsored by G-Shades. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. Now, since the pandemic has hit so many churches so hard financially, G-Shades is offering six months of their middle and high school curriculum absolutely free. So each series will include full message videos, teaching manuscripts, small group guides, parent guides, Instagram devos, games, graphic slides, and bumper videos. And normally six months of their premium subscription is $140, but G Shades is offering it to you for free to help you win with your lead pastor while your church begins to recover from the pandemic. So go to gshades.org today. That's G-S-H-A-D-E-S.org to download six months of free youth ministry curriculum and tell a youth worker friend about this awesome gift so their church can get in on it too. G Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Now enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Youth Ministry United podcast, where our goal is to equip you, encourage you, and empower you to do all that God has called you to do in your youth ministry. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. What's going on, YM United Nation? Graham, coming at you live from my office, my orifice, with my uh, my guest, the children's pastor, and her husband in the back corner there on the wall. Uh, we're so glad that you guys are joining us today. Man, we have an awesome show planned. Uh, we have some really awesome guests that we're going to introduce here in a minute. I know you see them down there in the vicinity. Uh, but first, man, I got to introduce uh, my co-host, uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself. He thinks he's the TikTok king, but we all know that's a load of garbage. Uh, the Podfather, Matt Bowman. Give it up. Tell him about it, Matt. What's going on, bro? What's up? The TikTok king in the house. No, for no. real though. What's no, the highest you're, you're, views you've got on one? Just don't even ask that. That's not. That's <laughs> not. That's not relevant in this conversation right now. I got a kid, man, who's hit who's hit over three million views on like multiple videos just in the past yeah, couple of weeks. I've hit. I've hit over four million. No, uh, whatever. That's all he talks about. I told him to shut up and get humble, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to the important people in our podcast uh, today. Man, we've got some awesome people. You may know them. You may have heard of them, uh, but we've got Andy and Josh from Sunday Cool, or you may know one of them as Cool Carl what up, up in the mud today. There they are. What's up, Come guys? On. going on? Shout them out. Oh, Shout man, out. we're living life. Thanks for having we're us. living life. Oh, man, I'm so glad that you're you guys are on. Like I said, man, I think uh, – I think this is going to be a fun episode. I think so. so too. We've already spilled oh, yeah. a gallon of coffee onto our computer right before recording. So yeah. So it's, is it a podcast something. if you don't do that? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Is it a real podcast? No. <laughs> it's not going to be a good one, at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what's up, man. Well, um, just so you know, by the end of this, now you've you've already got a um one nickname we've got cool carl already here so we're just do you do, do you have a nickname or is there a um me i have i mean obviously i have my persona as karen um yeah. but besides that it's um pretty much my name has been little guy yeah, yeah. um the ceo of the company his dad calls me baby spice because baby, baby spice oh. all right okay because the rule is, is everybody who comes on our show will um, leave with a nickname if they don't already have one. 
Um, so I, I don't even know what mine is. They change it every week. So the, the redneck brother from another mother. That's okay. Mm. Uh, Roll Tide. That's where we're from Roll down tide. here in the south. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, man, we we want to start this thing off with you guys. You guys are just the the experts, the special guests, man. We want to hear about you. So tell us about. Uh, take some time, each of you guys. Tell us about where where are you guys at? What are you doing? Uh, where do you serve? If you're serving anywhere, uh, all that good stuff. Give us a synopsis, your life story. All right. So um, I was conceived probably <laughs> in 1991 at some point. I think it was a cold night. Um, where my parents were probably a little it worried about 92 because you were is October. <laughs> that's 10 months so oh yeah so early January. 90, yeah yeah so happy new year my my parents conceived me um <laughs> born on a full moon on october 21st 1992 um let's see that's why i have really weird i usually get really weird when there's a full moon I think because I was born on one. Yeah, probably. I usually get very anxious on a full moon. Your joints get all. Um, yeah, you know, it's strong, the, the tides within my arthritis. body yeah. fluctuate. Um, fast forward, I now work for Sunday Cool Teas. Um, my dad owns Sunday Cool Teas, so that's why I have this job. And um, before this, I was living all over the nation, doing a bunch of random things. Went to Bible college, went and served inner city missions, did a woodworking internship, ate out of trash cans because I was too poor to get anything else. If you're if you're still eating out of trash cans. Sometimes. Yeah. Just for nostalgia. If you're eating out of trash, if you can't afford a meal from from Walmart, that means you're really poor. So that was my life for a bit. It was cool. I'd agree. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so now I work for Sunday Cool Teas. Me and Andy run the content over here, so we just do fun YouTube videos that youth ministry people can use. Um, and Which we do some awesome. mark, yeah, we do some marketing stuff for Sunday Cool as well. Not as much as we do just random videos, but um, yeah, that's. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. But. Absolutely. What? Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I choked on my energy beverage. Shouldn't drink those. They're not good for you. Um, you said you went to Bible college. Where'd you go to Bible college? I went to um, Eternity Bible College in Simi Valley, California. That's the um, college that Francis Chan started. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah. So he's pretty much better than everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. We're not worthy. <laughs> We're not worthy. Whatever. That's funny. All right. Andy, tell us about you, man. Uh, yeah. I was, um, I was all. <laughs> I was. I don't know when I was conceived, but um, I was born in Whitefish, Montana. I moved around all the time, and my stepdad was a golf course designer, so we moved all across the globe, and in, uh, in the U.S. And so, met my wife in high school. High school sweethearts went to uh, Joplin, Missouri, Ozark Christian College, to learn how to preach and become a youth pastor. And I was uh, in youth ministry for about seven years before I came to Sunday Cool Teas. And now I uh, write and um, help film and edit videos and marketing, and uh, we have a lot of fun. So we just get to be able to partner with youth pastors and uh, hang out with them, chat with them, and um, just try to grow Sunday Cool's, um, you know, influence, but also just kind of connect with youth pastors and help help them out any way we can. So it's uh, it's a fun job. We're both living the dream. 
<laughs> you said Whitefish, Montana? Whitefish, Montana. That's where I'm from, yeah. I did a project on Montana in the fourth grade. I've never okay. been. That's all yeah. I got. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. It's the best. <laughs> That's all I got. Big Sky Country. I loved it. I loved it. That's great. That's awesome. So before we uh, hop in, I, I have an icebreaker question for the two of you. Let's go. Um, just because it's a youth ministry podcast. Um, so if you were staring any mammal face-to-face and this mammal couldn't move, like couldn't dip, dock, <clears throat> dodge, dive, whatever, you know, just staring you straight in the face, what mammal could you knock out with one punch? Ooh. One punch. Um... Hmm. You go first. Probably a sperm whale. <laughs> I'm going to go. Uh, that's a strong choice. Yeah. <laughs> Top that one. Uh, Top the sperm uh, whale. <laughs> I'm going to be more realistic. Um, I'm going to go with an aardvark. An aardvark. Okay. okay. Yeah. Just because whether, and I know I could do it, but yeah. it's just, I think it's more fun than saying, you know, like just a, a raccoon or uh, I would never want to punch a raccoon. Yeah. No, I wouldn't either. Sperm whales are just weird. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the type of situation you'd get into have to have to punch your way <laughs> out of a sperm whale situation. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he said, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yes. What about you? All right, podcast's over. See y'all later. <laughs> we've asked we've asked everybody who's come on here in the last few uh, episodes that question. We've had a variety of answers, but I'm I'm pretty sure Aardvark and sperm whale are the best ones so far. Nice. Yes, <clears throat> yes. What about I don't you? really. Yeah, you, you go first, Matt. So, <laughs> my initial thought when I first thought through this question was was a cat. Uh, but, but the more I drive, they are, but the more I've been driving, (laughs) yeah, but, but the more I've been driving around Springfield, Ohio and farm country, I think I could punch out a baby cow. All right. Wow. They got hard heads, bro. Yeah. I I would, I would have to go with the bumblebee bat. (laughs) The bumblebee (laughs) bat. Yep. It's the tiniest mammal in the world. So I'm just I just know my own strength. So that's all I got. So that's, that's where we go. At least you're cool. honest. Yeah. I'm not trained in in this this whole thing. So I, I tried in middle school. It failed miserably. They it was such a bad fight that they expelled the other kid and just took pity on me and said and said Graham, you need to learn to fight because that was that was horrific and I didn't get expelled. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, and that's just how we roll. You know, there we go. Dig it. All right, so let's let's jump into some some deeper questions here ish so you guys obviously are part of sunday cool does t-shirts um but we've got this character that exists uh that i think a lot of people know at least i did i, I ran into cool carl before i ran into sunday cool so tell me what 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 was the start of cool carl how did he how did he come to be about uh what what, what did that where did that creation arise yeah so been printing t i i if the viewers who are watching this, I explained this whole thing in about 10 minutes and uh, we lost Wi-Fi, so I'm going to have to explain it again. <laughs> uh, so I've been working on my punchlines while you're trying to reconnect it. No. Um, so I've been doing t-shirts my whole life. Before Sunday Cool, I owned a t-shirt company. Before that, my dad owned another t-shirt company. Doing t-shirts my whole life. 
I finally got to the point where I was just like, I want to do something else. And my dad's just basically like, hey, you want to start making marketing videos? So I said, sure. I put on a sweater, some glasses. I said, my name's Conservative Coral and blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, that'll work, I guess. And so kind of went off with that. Um, it We had probably like 10 clients at the time when we started it. Um, and they thought it was kind of funny. They, they're they kind of confused by it. Um, but it was still really fun. And then it kind of got to the point where I'm like, I just want to start making really fun content that youth pastors can use. So I got involved in a bunch of youth pastor pages on Facebook, like DYM, Stuff You Can Use, uh, YouthMen.org, and started talking to all these youth pastors about like stuff that was happening within their churches, like with their kids, and started making content based off of what they were talking about. And it just, it really exploded. And uh, the rest is history. Here we are. That's what's up. That's awesome. So you guys just recently came out with the uh, Gen Z Devo, uh, which has been awesome. Uh, I I think I got a couple sent to me, Um, but what was it like to be ridiculed by so many within the church? Um, Like, how did you all process through that? Uh, has there been anything redeeming through that experience? Like you guys were published for like five days, right? Before yes. Lifeway was like, Hey, we're not doing this anymore. So what, what has that process been like? Well, it's, it was, uh, it was really cool. Just behold, holding the Devo for the very first time was, uh, such a big pride, um, proud moment for both of us. Just kind of just, um, just affirmation of what we've been working towards, what we've been doing, all the hard work that we've put in. Um, and, you know, obviously be able to say, we're going to take our videos a step further and actually start talking about faith and the gospel and hopefully um, truly trying to transform some hearts um, and with the power through of God's word. And so to have that moment of, you know, those five days, we, we sold out within hours of our stock and then we had to reorder. And then, the you know, the fifth day we're on that uh, online conference and discussing the book and everything's going great. And then to have that removed for such a short time uh, was difficult, really difficult for us. It was really heartbreaking because we just had that something that was removed that we loved so much that we put a lot of work in. And so to have that happen was really difficult, but we got to see how God was working through it because, because of that now we are, um, you know, we have full control over the book, hundred percent of the profits um, that we can, you know, push this out in front of more people. And we have a partnership with stuff you can use, um, that sh- which would have never happened if it was not for the cancellation. So uh, we have no ill feelings towards Lifeway. We're, we're still friends with them. We talk with them on a regular basis. Um, it really had nothing to do with Lifeway at that point. It was um, pretty much the people who were making a big stink on it on yeah. Twitter and stuff. So people who um, just wanted it to be done and canceled with. So um, I think we learned a lot through it and it was kind of a fun experience. I would, I don't want to go through it again. Um, but if we had to read, but we actually, um, we, we both said we probably wouldn't change a thing. That's a good perspective. Um, especially, you know, in the, I think the, the word of the year is cancel culture outside of COVID and, you know, social distancing and all the other weird words we thought we'd never use. So it's like you guys have actually experienced 
firsthand cancel culture, which would have never existed several years ago, regardless of how many people liked or disliked your content. I'll say is that you, from a youth pastor's perspective, from a person who's actually on the field trying to reach generation Z, I love it. I, and I'm, I, and I didn't, I mean, I didn't grow up in church or anything like this. So there's a lot of things that maybe some more religious, traditional people wouldn't approve of that I do, but I love it. I, I love it all. Cause I'm like, uh, and, and this segues into the next question, but the, I love the idea of doing all that you can short of sin to reach people for Jesus. And I think that's, that's the heart. It sounds like of the, of the devotional, of the yeah. videos, of the t-shirts. Um, and, and, you know, we're losing, we're losing the gener we'll lose the generation if we're not doing what it takes to reach them, you know? Yeah. That's, and that was, I agree. That was our mindset and the whole thing too, is just like, like, why, why are we so terrified or get so angry to change up the way we present the gospel? We're not changing the gospel, but just like how we change it or right. change the way we uh, present it. And so for us, we had the platform of making funny videos. So our thing was like, we're going to use our humor as the catalyst to bring the word of God to kids. And it seems as of right now, I think it's, it's already paid off because we've sold a ton of books, which that's not the important thing, but the fact that there's, already thousands of kids that have read God's word through the devotional is huge. So that's a win. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's go, let's dive into that. So you guys are, and, and so two things are happening from my perspective is number one is you're reaching kids right on their, you're talking their language, even, you know, to an extreme, you know, an extreme mode, right. But you're talking their language, you're doing things to impact them. The second thing that's happening, though, is I think you're giving teenagers and, and other youth pastors permission to do things the way they would do them, be themselves in the way they reach people for Jesus. I think a lot of times we have pressure to be somebody else or do something the way somebody else would. So I like yeah. that. I appreciate that. Um, but tell me a little bit, why is it important to you guys that we relate the gospel to the next generation, that we don't just try to maintain the way we are you know, talk about the way versus the message and why it's important that we change the way we're doing things to reach yeah. this generation. Well, I've always said too, it's like, if you like the American church is a mission field and the def- different generations are their own individual missions. And so like you wouldn't present the gospel in like, a tribe in Mongolia, the same as you would in a village in Italy, you know, it's different. And so like this generation, generation Z, they're a very, very unique generation. I would say almost completely opposite from the millennial generation. And it has a lot to do with just how culture is changing, how social media, how just all this stuff. And so just having to, you like, we have to learn to adapt. Like we can't just keep, forcing something that kids aren't receiving, you know, cause that's right. why they're like leaving the church in droves is cause we're trying to force them to listen to something that they're not interested in, you know? Right. So, I love that. I love that. The idea of cult, like you would go to another country and present it the same way you would. That's good. That's yeah. right too. Yeah. Andy, what do you think, man? 
Well, I've always been interested that I've never understood the whole aspect of uh, keeping, you know, the same cookie cutter uh, system. I mean, I love, I love Doug Fields and I love um, his book, the first two years in youth ministry. But when I read it, I mean, it was almost 20 years old at that point, I think. And it's just like, okay, well, half the stuff in here is not applicable right now. Like I can't, right. there's, he's missing so much. And it's because if we hold on to books, I mean, we can take what we can and, you know, from them, but we teach them as gospel. If we are, if we're not constantly adapting, I mean, we wouldn't talk, you know, I don't teach, I teach in kids ministry and I don't talk to the kids ministry the way I would talk in a video for high schoolers. And That's so right. it, it's a very common idea. And, but yet um, people get scared. People get, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they back off and they hear that there's a, maybe a different approach to reach a different group of kids where it's like, well, if this has worked, then we'll, we'll just keep make it work. You know, if that's right. the way it's always been done. And that's just a dangerous mindset. Um, I have no problem with Sunday school or work, you know, musical worship, but it's like, we need to have a reason for those things. And right. if we're not reason or, um, you know, a reason behind every step and every uh, curriculum we put in front of kids, then um, what we're doing is we're just, just grabbing a whole handful of darts and just throw them at the dartboard, hoping one of them sticks. And that's just not right. the way yeah. that Jesus would have, he, that's not the way Jesus planned his ministry. And that's not the way we should do ours as well. Right. Yeah. That's and good. definitely, I think for me, the biggest example of all would be like the apostle Paul and how he traveled the world to all these Gentile nations and presented the gospel. Like one of my favorite stories is in Acts. Where was he? Was he in, with all the idols and then there's that one idol that was the oh, unnamed yeah. God. Yep. And like from his culture, like he had the right to say like, you guys need to burn this or like get rid of it. Like, but instead of saying that, he's just like this unnamed God that you have a statue for, this is the one true God. And so like he used his surroundings, he used their mindsets to like present the true gospel. And that's just, that's what that's we good. all need to do, you know? So, yeah, that's really good. I, I remember uh, when I was real young and uh, not even in ministry yet, I'd just been saved for a little bit. And I come from lower Alabama. So if you're in Florida, you guys understand, but I'm like on the coast. So Mobile, Alabama, fishing is like a thing. Like everybody does it. If you want some shrimp, you just go out to, go out to the Gulf and you get some and then you come back. <laughs> you don't go to the store, you get it out the water. And so the idea of fishing is always is pretty commonplace. I mean, it's pretty normal to me. And I remember I was real young and I read that Jesus said he's going to make them fishers of men. And so I had this, this revelation or this thought. I was like, this bulb, bulb came on. I went, oh, because when I fish in the Gulf, I'm going to use different bait, a different rod, a different reel, a different weighted line. I mean, everything yeah. is going to be different. Uh, my mode of getting out there to get it, everything is different than when I'm in at the pond in on inland fishing for bass or catfish. So yeah. it's like to be a fisher of men means that you have to know when and where, what bait, and you got to change. I can't, I can't go deep sea fishing in a pond. I'm not going to catch anything. I can't use yeah. a, I can't use a, you know, I can't use a lure to pull in, you know, a marlin. It's just not going to work, you know. Yeah. So I, I remember I said that I got crucified by it. They were like, no, 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 this is, a, and I was like, but that just doesn't make sense. So I, I love that approach. Y'all see, we on the yeah. Side. yeah, that's smart. And definitely <laughs> keeping in mind that the way presenting it needs to constantly evolve and change, but the message 
is always the same. Cause that's right. That's, I feel like some people get mixed up and they take that idea of presenting it a different way, but then they end up presenting a different gospel and that's super dangerous. Right. So that's good. Good point. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, so listen, I, what I love about the, the Devo is it, the, the Devo content is super solid. Um, I've been, I've been reading through it. It's getting students deeper into the word. So I can imagine it would have been frustrating for the two of you uh, to have people pick this thing apart, not even reading any of the content other than seeing what the Gen Z translation was. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, so like where, where have you, where have you guys seen God work through Sunday cool the last four, four years that you've been part of this? Oh man, that's, it's hard to just pinpoint one thing. It's just been, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you don't realize how much God is working until you like pause and like look back, right. you know, cause it's been four years um, since Sunday cool has been open. And this year we are named like on the Inc 5,000 top 100 fastest growing companies in the nation. Wow. wow. And 30 out of 30 million. Yeah, out of 30 million wow. Uh, wow. small businesses in America, we're number 98. And not saying that that's like what we judge uh, or like God's blessed us because we're now successful. That's not it right. at all. But like the fact that like <clears throat> we've heard stories of like kids starting to get engaged into youth group, like like because of these cool Carl videos and like, it's just like, that's just super encouraging. And like the fact that this Devo even happened is a testament to God of just like him using a t-shirt company to produce something that ultimately is to try to get kids in love with reading God's word. Like that's just, if that's not God, then I don't know what it is. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And Andy's here. Yeah, I would have never met Andy if Sunday Cool didn't exist. Yeah. Hey, Andy, I got a question for you. Um, so you said you were a youth pastor for seven years before you came on to do Sunday Cool, correct? Yes. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. So tell me about that. Tell me. So I've, I've worked outside of youth ministry before. Now I'm in youth ministry, right? And I've been volunteer youth pastor working, you know, doing the dual thing, which is actually how this whole podcast started. We were all like, we are all like bivocational youth pastors who started this whole thing. Um, so then we became tri-vocational. But anyway, um, my question is coming from full-time ministry where you're on the ground, uh, not saying you're not on the ground, but you know what I mean? Like you're, yeah, you're in the church, man. You're, you're having the meetings with the kids. You know, you're doing all that stuff. Coming into to this type of organization, talk about that transition. Talk about, um, you know, the winds are different. You know, you're looking at, you're, you're, you kind of see what the students are doing. What, what's happening with them but talk about that man what's the mentality difference what's the win for you man and well the things um i hated about youth ministry were um difficult parents and fundraisers and so that i didn't have to deal with which i was happy about um Amen. but now it's to the point where i um i miss teaching i miss hanging out with students and having good conversations and um building relationships i mean uh, i just had a you know, one of my, two of my youth kids called me last week cause they were in trouble and they just wanted to talk. So it's, the, it's those type of things, not seeing the fruit, um, every week, every month. 
Um, it's very, very seldom. So it was difficult at first, but um, the freedom and the uh, having an actual boss over you that's, you know, kind of setting out things and saying, hey, this is what needs to motivate you. These are our goals. That was that's what something's different because as a youth pastor, you're almost your own boss in a way. And yep. so it's difficult to get motivated and, you know, to be creative and do something different instead of just doing the exact same thing over and over right. again. Um, so I love, uh, love youth ministry. Uh, my wife is a children's director at a church here. So I get to now I'm involved in children's ministry more than I am with youth ministry. So that's the kind of, um, it's been kind of a fun experience that way, but so, but it's been a lot of fun in in a way they're a lot easier than high schoolers and middle schoolers in my eyes. Um, so it's been, uh, a fun learning, but yeah, it's, I, uh, I've enjoyed my time in youth ministry and, and um, wouldn't trade it for anything for the world, but I love what I'm doing right now. This is a dream job. That's awesome. It's great. Yeah, it's funny. Is I did children's ministry for a season, and I learned that an eight-year-old boy, an average-sized eight-year-old boy, is 13 rolls of duct tape would stick him to the wall without him coming off. I learned that. He loved it. His parents were too happy. Anyway. (laughs) Children's ministry intimidates me. I can't do it. (laughs) To me, it becomes so much – It's maybe because they just have young kids. Um, but, and I don't know, they're just so much more simple to, to distract and get engaged and have excited, True. um, be excited. Middle school. I mean, middle schoolers are right at that, right at that brink. And then high schoolers, it's a hit and miss because sometimes you have high schoolers that are just too cool. They do not want to play, um, you know, True. Uh, play nothing. Or, or finger. You're like, is that quit staring at me like that? You know, it's funny. You know, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We try to be cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. 29 years old. I'm having a blast playing Gaga ball. Don't, don't <laughs> even, don't at me. Yeah. yeah. Kids are a lot easier. Yeah. I agree right. with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I've got a, I've got a fun off the script question here from one of our listeners. Um, what out of all the videos you guys have ever made, like what is your all time favorite video? If you could pick one. Um, <clears throat> mine is probably, it's a really old one. It's the Bob Ross video I did. I think the first first year I was doing the Carl videos. Um, I just loved it because it was there's totally no script. I just like I'm going to do a video about um, Bob Ross because we just my uh, buddy that works here with us. He's the uh, production manager. He made a shirt. I had my face with like a unicorn on it. I'm like I think I bet you we could sell this shirt. And so I did a video of Bob Ross of me painting a shirt, and the end result was this unicorn. It was super fun and really awkward, and that is, yeah. So that's my favorite video. I don't know if you have a favorite. My favorites are uh, it's a tie between the pizza roll roulette and the spicy um, hot dog. Oh yeah, I love the two. Those two are I can watch all day long. I love the pizza roll roulette. Yeah, yeah, I love them. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. A good yeah, I, I hate I hate the spicy videos. <laughs> oh, I bet. Um, yeah. The so I find it real funny is the uh, the promo that you're doing for the Gen Z devotional, mm-hmm. where you where you pull up like Creed in the office, and then <laughs> and then throw your keys, <laughs> keep it running, yeah. Yeah. and walk off. I just love all the subtle things. I'm like, yes, I love this. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah, Andy's, Andy's a huge fan of The Office, and he sneaks in Office stuff to the scripts all the time without me even knowing. <laughs> I love it. Look, yeah. I'm an Office fanatic. Unfortunately, my 
My wife is too. So that's what we watch all the time. But so I notice them. I'm like, there it is. Yeah. That, that's what that's, makes why, it. that's, that's why, why I do it. That's what we make it. It's creative. That's how we <laughs> roll. Right. That's, that's awesome. So let's, uh, <clears throat> let's close this thing up. We always close it up the same way. Um, because the listeners, the people that listen to this podcast are, are typically, uh, youth pastors, uh, small, medium sized churches. We might have some bigger ones. I don't know. Um, and if you've been in youth ministry, you understand, like you were saying earlier, hard parents, fundraising, right there, there, just the, the job itself tends to put a lot of weight on, on our, you know, on youth pastors, right. Uh, just having to listen to the problems, parents, life stuff happening, um, Give three to five minutes, both of you guys. Say a couple minutes of peace, man, and give some encouragement or or something. Even if it's not for them, so what's God talking to you guys about right now? What's encouraging you? What's giving you vision and motivation for the future? Something maybe you feel like a youth pastor on the other end of this uh, listening or watching can go. Yeah, I needed that. Yeah, uh, for me, I'll just say. For me personally, which this might be able to speak to somebody, but like um, just how easy it is to get burnout at work. And um, we're constantly trying to think of ways to make people laugh and get people engaged, ultimately with Christ being behind all of it. But just how easy it is to get burnout and forgetting of how critical it is to spend one-on-one time with just God by yourself and focusing on developing your spirituality and like staying in God's word. And like, cause I feel like as soon as we start getting busy and burnout, we just neglect God's word and we just, just go downhill super fast. And so for me, it's like, just instead of being so focused on what am I going to say this week? Like, and like to youth group or whatever, just like really just focus on God, you know, because like I fully believe that the spirit says way more than we could ever say. So in those scenarios, those kids are going to recognize the spirit talking through you. And so oh, that's yeah. my encouragement is just to get yourself right with God before you try to fix other people. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say the best thing you can do for your kids is have a genuine relationship with Christ. So, uh, my, uh, what I'm kind of learning right now is we're going through Romans, uh, as a group and we talk about how to fulfill the, the will of God and, um, the goal of the kingdom. And, you know, you know, you know, they say, do not murder, do not steal, do not this, do not that. But it says at the end of the day, just love, um, love your neighbor as yourself. And so <clears throat> it's a scary world that we're living in right now. And it's so easy to get wrapped up in the drama and the politics and everything like that. And um, it's so unsure, but the only thing we know for sure is the way we fulfill the law of Christ is literally loving everyone as ourselves. And I think that's, it's so easy in youth ministry to get focused on fundraisers. I had to raise 10, almost $10,000 a year um, after for camp. And so as soon as camp was done, it was like, okay, now I have to raise another 10,000. And so it was just right. a vicious cycle. And it was so easy to focus on that and focus on me becoming a better teacher and me getting more involved and me getting, you know, a raise or whatever. Um, and I'm telling you, when I left youth ministry, I had one of the worst camp experiences ever. I had some really rough kids that acted out quite a bit. And then I left a month later to come here and I asked myself if I was really that 
effective. And youth ministers ask themselves that all the time. Am I truly being effective right now? And uh, they get bummed out. But I'm looking at the, you know, the youth past, the youth kids that call me um, are now are the ones that I know for a fact that I loved unconditionally and the ones I really put time in that may I may not have seen at the time. But now they're calling saying, hey, I need your help. Hey, I really right. miss you. Really need you to pray for me for this. And that's what makes it worth it. And so I know that was the that was the line. Um, is uh, truly loving and dedicating your life to these kids. And um, if your youth, your fundraisers may fail, you may have only, you know, five kids show up or no kids show up or whatever. But if at the end of the day, you're loving the kids, then that's all you can really do. That's good. Yeah. We had a a lady on recently um, who said something along the lines, what you said is uh, we don't want quick fruit. Yeah. Quick fruit. If you read the the Bible, it talks about the soil. The the the, the plant that sprouts up dies, yeah. but it's the down the year. It's years down the road, man. When they call you and they go, "Hey, I need you," or yeah. "Hey, celebrate this with me," and you go, "There's the fruit." That's what I was looking for. That's yeah. good, man. That speaks to the longevity of it too. Most youth pastors don't stay long enough to see that, and yeah. so it's 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 a big deal, man. Um, in fact, it's funny. Is last night we had a youth service. It's funny you say that. I've the whole week, man, I'm struggling. I'm going, God, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know, man. I've been uh, dealing with some, uh, a kid who's not even my youth group, man, who's been having trouble and been kind of help him walk through that and just heavy. And I get a message on Instagram from a kid who was in a youth group that I was like the co-youth pastor with before we moved here. And he goes, hey, I'm visiting family up here in Franklin, Indiana. I want to come to your youth service. Can I come? And you're uh-huh. like, dude, I didn't even know that it was that effective for you when I was down there, he showed up, man. And it was awesome getting to stand with him and worship with him and watch him just have grown. Uh, yeah. Super effective. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. You, you nailed it on the head. That's good. But guys, man, thank you so much for coming on, man. We are, uh, blessed to have you guys honored that you even would give your time. Uh, but we want to do, man, uh, give us, give us a couple things before you guys go tell us socials, where, where can we find you? What, uh, what, what platforms and what are the names and then give us the most direct link to order the new Gen Z devotional so that we can send our guys there. Yeah. You could follow us on, uh, Instagram and Facebook at cool Carl with two L's. So C A R L L and Sunday cool T's. Um, and then that's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, but the devotionals you can get from coolcarl.com. So that's C O O L C A R L L.com. Yeah, we got all the Gen Z uh, merch there, Gen Z Devo, and uh, Sunday Cool Tea is on YouTube as well. Um, we come out with content every week. So that's us. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on Youth Ministry United podcast, YM United Nation. Uh, Hope you enjoyed the podcast. We can't wait to come back to you soon. Have a great week.